mysteries of Gravity Falls creep into the non-animated world. It's the Gravity Bros Podcast, everyone. Hi, I'm Alec. This is my brother, Lou. And uh, this is an interesting one to talk through, Lou. I'm not going to lie. I thought we were about to hit the major plot point, And then this one was a little bit of a roadblock in the way of a lot of the stuff I'm excited for, if I'm being totally honest. I, I totally thought the same thing. I-, I saw the episode count. This is 14 out of 20 for season two. And I'm like, oh, we're we're getting there. We're We're getting there. And I really didn't feel like we were getting there <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, 14 out of 21, I think. Uh, but I know there's some like complications around how they pair the last few episodes in terms of the canonical number. Uh, oh, okay. But regardless, um, it was still fun. I do have a lot to say. It was surprisingly not as political as I expected, considering the episode is about a run for mayor. I thought they might get more jokes in there. They had some. They had some. I have way more, I'll tell you that. (laughs) That is true. So regardless of, you know, the excitement around this episode itself, I do think that this is going to be a very fun podcast for us. Um, So let's get right into the recap. Uh, And I feel like I'm setting it up as, oh, this episode sucked. And I'm not saying that. All Gravity Falls is good Gravity Falls, uh, you know, all things considered. Um, But I I guess it's just my expectations were high. Uh, All right. So Stan lays in pain stanford i should maybe specify at this point the Uh, og stan the og (laughs) i think we're safe to say stan uh he gets up and finds a note from mabel noting that she has used his slippers to carry his milk uh first arrow uh in terms of uh, an old buddhist proverb about the amount of arrows that affect you being the things you know if you don't pull the first arrow out then when the second one hits you it's going to be worse that's the kind of idea uh stan is having that kind of morning where the arrows just keep coming and he has not pulled any of them out yeah i i gotta say like of all of the things you could put that would be unpleasant for your feet Milk is among the top. That's an S-tier uncomfortable thing to have in your shoes. That's pretty Ooh. awful. Uh, do you want to rank the most uncomfortable things? or? Um... I mean, I don't know how much time. There's a lot of uncomfortable things. I think discomfort is different than straight up painful, too. Because, like, like, a scorpion sure. would be, like, terrible. But I, that could actually damage you, depending on the kind of breed of scorpion. Okay, that's a great point. So we've got to factor out anything that is... Uh, actual pain this is just like pure discomfort um i think that milk goes in the category of pretty much well i guess not all other liquids i think milk is significantly worse than water way worse it smells bad it's gonna like you like those those slippers are ruined you have to throw them away yeah that's probably true um what about tape i hate tape oh gum. i feel like tape would be fine it's just like tape would almost be satisfying whoa okay you're a freak uh, <laughs> I I really hate this is okay fun fact audience this is a pet peeve of mine any like sticky kind of things hate pretty much all of it oh really uh, I like I like tape gross. I like I like wax like it like I would shave with tape just ripping off my hair if it was more practical wow okay that's interesting uh yeah all you people who love duct tape for some ungodly reason don't like that either yeah, uh, duct tape is, well, the reason is because duct tape is so awesome. It does a million things. It's a utility. Yeah, well, uh, I don't want, I don't use it for anything. I don't care to. Uh, you could. But hear me on this as far as sticky substances go. Glue would be atrocious. To yeah, have that'd be a bad one. Your slippers. I really glue especially. 
That would be mm-hmm. bad. I, I, I don't know if for me it would be worse than milk. That's like far more inconveniencing, but milk is disgusting. I really, I'm dairy free. I don't like milk. I don't like cheese. Oh, I, I haven't consumed it in such a long time and it's literally gross to me at this yeah, point. Yeah, I totally understand. It's gross to me to be in my slippers in the first place, but for you, it's got to be a whole nother level. All right. Uh, I think that we spent quite enough time on that <laughs> tangent. Uh, so arrow number one, <laughs> milk and his slippers. Arrow number two, he finds a note from Dipper who took his light bulbs to make a planetarium suit for Seuss, which is not explained what exactly a planetarium suit is. Um, but Stan had uh, basically flipped the light switch, the light broke, and now he has no light bulbs to fix it. Uh, I feel like a planetarium suit is like probably... I- I'm trying to figure out if it's supposed to be akin to a spacesuit or a suit to go into a planetarium so that it like completely drowns out your own body so that you can't see yourself literally at all and it's a perfect experience uh that's a great idea in theory but to be honest i feel like he needed light bulbs so wouldn't the light bulbs just be distracting to other people it's actually bringing more light into the room if that were the case he's probably making seuss the planetarium you're probably right yeah which is a very (laughs) seuss went through it in this episode by the way no Uh, kidding dude that was the the, one of the scenes that you're thinking of is actually so funny poor seuss (laughs) and well yeah we'll get into that scene um so anyway stan is like great now i gotta go to the store so arrow number three he goes to the store uh, to buy light bulbs, he's in line to purchase them. And teenagers, of course, your typical group of teenagers, Robbie, Tamri, all of them, uh, start making fun of him. And it sucks to have teenagers make fun of you. So he decides, hey, listen, I was going to shoplift this just so you know. More specifically, they called him old, which is more thematically relevant. I guess that is uh, thematically relevant uh, because that's going to... Uh, I think it impact a lot of Stan's decision in this episode. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, when he says that he would have stolen it, security gets called. He drops a smoke bomb that expired in 1996 and doesn't work. Uh, and, and security tackles him. So I don't know if that was the third arrow or arrows like three, four and five, but not I great. think the first arrow you actually missed was him just saying miscellaneous new pain. So technically we're on like six or seven. All right, that, you're right. It is inconvenient to wake up and feel like you're just in pain. So well, being uh, old is always arrow number one, or more <laughs> like it's been seventy years of arrows. Man, uh, <laughs> one arrow for each year, um, at least. So he gets home, and he he did get his light bulbs, but he sees that his brother Ford has already fixed the light. Uh, Not only fixed it, but invented an entire new system of lighting that's going to last a thousand years and also makes your skin relatively new. uh, It makes your skin more soft. That's it. Mabel says, does anyone see this? This is what a hero looks like right here. I I love the Gravity Falls lines where they lay it on super thick like that. They do this a lot. Like it's a, a, a repeated pattern in the show. I agree. It's pretty funny, too. I, I think that uh, I a lot of the time, no, no, I don't mean to say that, like, any character getting messed with is refreshing on any stretch of the imagination, but I do think it's worth saying that Ford hasn't really... Is Are we saying Ford or Stanford? I'm sorry. Which one is this? Sorry. Ford is the brother, and Stan is the Stan that we've always known. Okay. Um... I think it's fair to say that he hasn't really... He's been the bullier more than the bullied 
throughout most of the show, so it's... Wait, sorry, you are talking about Stan? Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of almost refreshing for, in a way, for him to be the one who's no longer in the spotlight, you know? Oh, you mean from a viewer perspective? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's the only one I have. (laughs) Sure. Well, and uh, I will say, Ford has showed up just as the cooler uncle. That's been very established. And I feel bad for Stan, you know, regardless of how I feel as a viewer of, I guess it is refreshing for him to sort of experience some turmoil here. And it's good for character development, but from a, from a person perspective, I feel bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think they write it to make it feel like, ah, finally Ford getting his comeuppance. I don't, I don't think that they're, that it's intended to feel that way. Finally Stan getting his comeuppance. Stan, this is why I said we shouldn't call them by those names. What names <laughs> would you prefer? Name. Um, oh, like old Stan? I don't know. <laughs> Grunk. Do you just want to always say Grunkle Stan before we say Stan? Would that help? That, that's probably a good idea. I'm not going to remember that either, though. So, well, listen. However you signify, just Ford is like established as the name of the brother. That's his name. And... Mistake on the show writers, man. <laughs> not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, showrunners, when you were thinking about podcasters uh, and you made this show, you really dropped the ball there. Or fans in general talking about the show. Wait, so are you talking about Stan or Stanford? So, I, so I'm saying that I feel bad for Stan this episode, Grunkle Stan, who has this entire arc about him just, you know, I, I guess in some ways maybe being too old, feeling like he doesn't know what he has to live for, things like that. Whereas Ford, I don't feel bad for at all. He's, well, except for the fact that he spends wow. eternity in like, uh, you know, a, a place completely outside of his home. But at this present moment, he's doing great. He just invented a cool light bulb. I mean, Ford is kind of responsible for, or, sorry, Stan is solely responsible for completely ruining Ford's life, right? Yeah, I mean, that is true. Um so I there's, think there's, that's worth feeling bad for. There's a lot of guilt that gets thrown around. You know, it, at the end of the day, um, Ford is not in this episode very much. He has one very important plot point, uh, and uh, it's all about Grunkle Stan and his, uh, you know, dealing with... It is a lot more complicated than dealing with aging, to be fair. Um, yeah, But I think that's, that's kind part of, of it. part of it and how we framed it so far. Um, so anyway, he walks in, that's the last arrow. His brother just fixed the light bulb that he went through all this trouble to get. Nothing is going his way. He's like, well, listen, TV is reliable. So he sits down and we get breaking news in Gravity Falls. Uh, the mayor that we have seen in multiple episodes, including the, uh, Ghost Manor episode where they made fun of him being on the brink of death. He has died for real. Yeah, I didn't remember that that happened, to be honest. And I definitely wrote like, oh, wait, what? This guy dies? That's kind of insane to me. <laughs> yeah, mean, anytime... Oh, um, going to a lot of times, but I didn't anytime think Anytime death happens on a show that's technically TVY7, even if it does have mature themes like Gravity Falls does, it always yeah. is a bit of a double take. I think somehow they're just away, able to get away with it. It's like, it's fine. It's 97. It's age normative. Therefore, we don't have to, uh, or we can keep it in the show. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> and it was expected. Um, That's true. You did like, say again, it. Yeah, that, aw- 
Yeah, he had that awesome line before, like, the Grim Reaper? I didn't think I'd be seeing you yet. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's one of my favorite lines in the whole show. Uh, yeah, so, and the Grim Reaper found him. So uh, we so... see the, news, the newscasters. Um, a memorial statue is being carved in Gravity Falls. Yeah. Uh, there's an important montage of, oh, the mayor helped put Lil Gideon behind bars. Just a quick way for us to remember that Lil Gideon is in jail. Also, they said specifically adult prison, which I found hilarious. That is true, because he is a child. Yeah, like, not juvie, he's in adult prison. They're making fun of the fact that they have thrown this child in jail, yeah. That's pretty funny. It is good. Um, And... The newscaster, though, she starts crying. It's like, oh, the mayor, you know? She says, it's just been so long since we've had real news. I'm so happy. That was also a fantastic joke. I knew One of that my you were going to love that. Yeah. I thought that was so funny. I'm like, wow, they would. They would. Yeah, now listen, I'm not going to say the newscasters are the happy ones when tragedy strikes, but I do think that the news stations, like the people behind them, maybe get benefit from major horrifying tragic news stories so i don't even get off. me started on that <laughs> that is the fear mongering journalism is real this is why we like to put positivity into our content because i'm tired of all of that crap online i'm tired of it you yep. got me ranting i'm tired of everybody capitalizing on the fear and misery of humanity it's easy to do it's cheap so is this a positive take or a negative take <laughs> I mean, it's a, I don't know. That's (laughs) that's up for the audience to decide. Let's be positive by ranting. Yeah, it's positively, it's positively negative. I I, I love your rants. Uh, And the audience does too. Don't stop. Oh Um, God. (laughs) All right. So uh, the other newscaster interrupts her crying to say, listen, a town hall will be held to discuss how we're going to replace the mayor. And that gives Grunkle Stan an idea. To, To run for mayor. And then we get our theme song. <laughs> yeah, so the crux of this whole episode is that Stan is running for mayor. Uh, by the way, long cold open. Maybe the longest uh, in the whole show. I was surprised yeah. how many notes I had just from that very beginning. Yeah, that was that was that had a lot. I think it's because it's trying to give us like a lot of emotional setup. You yeah. know? And it does it. It this does episode, it well. It does. It needed the setup. Um, so after the, uh, the theme song rolls, we are in town hall. And... The cops speak, uh, telling the village we need to pick a new mayor for the first time in this century. A worthy candidate is anyone who can cast a shadow, count to ten, and throw their hat into a literal hula hoop looking ring. Now, that's to me just a funny joke on it could literally be anybody. We don't have standards. (laughs) It couldn't be anybody. I have heard that you don't cast a shadow. I mean, I'm not trying to run for president, though. I'm not a body. Yeah, that's true. Same. <laughs> or mayor, I guess. Also, I found it quite sus that the mayor position has a lifetime sentence in this city. Like, I'm sorry, do you not, like, work with Oregon law? I love how you said lifetime sentence. <laughs> I don't even think that you intended it. <laughs> that was not intentional. That was a genuine accident. And it's I mean true. it. <laughs> I do, too. There's no term limits. Uh, yeah, that's what know. I meant. So, uh, lifetime, uh, lifetime, uh, achievement. Sure. 
<laughs> sure. Um, the, the important thing here is that the very first candidate to put their hat in the literal ring is Bud Gleeful. That is Lil Gideon's father. Um, cringe. And so cringe. I like hate a it. true politician, he wants to make up for past transgressions by running for mayor. Like a true politician. I want, I want to make, make up, up all the for problems my horrible thing by becoming my a politician. Yeah. You're, you're not wrong. You're calling that one. It's an incredible uh, line, that was honestly. Funny. <laughs> uh, it, it's subtle, but I, I was thinking to myself the whole time, I was like, that is pretty much how it works. All these things in my past, I'm just going to... Uh, sweep. You know, yeah, let me uh, run for mayor to prove to you how all those things in the past don't matter. Um, Toby, determined, uh, who is the reporter of the town, uh, asks Bud Gleeful, oh, well, are you still in contact with Lil Gideon? And he's like, that is a great question. You get half off a used car. And everybody in the whole place gets half off coupons for a used car. Question also, again, sweep under the rug. He also becomes Oprah, which I feel like would be, would have been commentary if it was written today. But I felt like at the time, Oprah was still pretty popular. Well, and there was a period of time where people were really trying to push Oprah to run for president. I don't think it was the same timeline, but... Oh, really? Random. I don't know. Yeah, there, there were some references. Like, there was a... Like, uh, yes, we stand was one of the things that they said is his slogan, like his campaign oh, that's slogan. Right. And I'm like, we okay, that's, that's definitely a reference to Obama's campaign from at the time. And you wouldn't know that if you weren't there. That's true. Because uh, that would have been either 2008 or... Yeah, I, I think that is first 2008. Gosh. Okay, I, that's something I got to fact check before people come for me. Um, I certainly don't remember. You, you don't have to hold me accountable for it. It was 2008. And uh, the sh Gravity Falls was like 2012, 2013. So, um, but yes, and now I would just say, we stand, which is a totally different meaning than it would have been. Uh, what does that mean? Oh, like if you stand something? What does that mean? All right, no, no, this is good. This is uh, young people speak with for Lou. Uh, basically, if you stand something, it means that you are like a super fan of it. You are uh, like, I stand Gravity Falls. I love Gravity Falls. <laughs> okay. I love that this is the first time you've heard w, this. W, w Gravity Falls. Look, I'm going to be old for the rest of my life, and I'm just going to own it. I'm going to start hating what young people say now. Get it out of the way. Great. You can be just like Grunkle Sam. Um, Perfect. I so, stand this? That, yeah. that sounds like I tolerate it. Like, if you're going to make up a new <laughs> word, at least make it make sense. Sorry. I like W. I, I thought that was dumb when I first heard it. You know, like, oh, W, that's a W opinion. Okay, like, sure, you could just say win, but W, that's fine. It's way longer than win, hilariously. You know what I mean? <laughs> At least when you're uh, verbalizing it, that's true. Well, uh, but, man, but, now I'm wondering yeah. about all of the terminology that you have not heard. Oh, I'm, um, so much of it. I, I don't, I mean, I don't watch social media. I just learned to, I, there was a Hot Ones interview that came out today on a, a figure that apparently is very controversial, who I've never heard the name of and don't even remember the name of off the top of my head. Wow. All right. Well, that's okay. Uh, not everybody has to be tuned into uh, the youth and uh, pop culture. You're into yeah. some pop culture. I mean, I'm into the things that I like. I, I don't think it's healthy to just be generally. I know a lot of people think it's like a good trait if you're just generally aware of what's going on. I, I tend to think I, I tend to disagree. I think it's kind of an unhealthy thing. Ah, I don't know if it's good or bad. I think it's just different. It depends on how you deal with it. Um, yeah, I guess so. I feel like uh I feel like it's an unhealthy thing, but I won't, it, I won't die on that hill. Yeah, it definitely depends on what exactly the topic is that you have div div dove in, dive in, di dived. Div uh, dividends? 
dip into yourself. <laughs> Whatever you have dived into, if it's a specific topic that's unhealthy, then I 100% agree with you. Um, speaking of politics. Um, yeah, that's right. Bud Gleeful is running for office. Um, Dipper has a bad feeling about this. You know, he just averted a question about Gideon. Uh, he's giving everybody coupons, which I will say, 50% off a used car is like the I got a gigantic discount. Actually, Dude, pretty I would good. literally kill for that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was so salty. I've never, uh, you know, we have our podcast where we talk about if we'd want to live in Gravity Falls. As of today, I would have just for literally <laughs> that. Just I wouldn't for this have voted moment. for him. I would not have voted for him, but I would have cashed in on that car. Nice. You just that would have been all you had to do was be in town hall. You didn't even uh, I know. I that's a good point. That's I wouldn't have <laughs> at least for him. So uh even though Dipper's feeling this, Seuss is like, oh well, dude, we don't have a lot of good options around here. You know, everyone in town's a tad strange, except for uh, that guy, Tad Strange. Can I just say even though that was funny and the Tad Strange, his character was read in a funny way, there was a real big part of me that was like, honestly, that was a really dumb joke. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of joke I would make, honestly, just out of the blue. Like, yeah, you know, Tad. Yeah, you know, Tad. Tad Strange. <laughs> it's a good dad joke, honestly. I don't hate it. I, I loved it. Is, it is a dad joke. You, you got I love it. it. I, yeah, you're I Not only did I love it, I really loved it. I thought this was hilarious. You would. You would. <laughs> there's just there's, the, the best part about it is when they flash over to him. He's just a normal guy, and he's like, I love bread. So I love bread. Why why is bread the thing that everybody associates with normal people? Well, I don't know if this is a youth term, but you know how, you know, if somebody is like a boring white man, then they call them white bread. <laughs> I I think that that comes from being white bread as in a white person. Well, yes, yes, but I'm saying that regardless of like where the meaning came from, that that is tad strange. You know, that's kind of, He's a white bread I, boy. Yeah, white bread, so I don't know. That got me. Um, <laughs> all we do here is explain two-second jokes in 20 seconds. Yeah, um, I know, right? Dipper thinks that it's a shame Ford isn't there because he would be the perfect mayor, which, again, is bothering Stan. So there is the theme of, oh, he's getting old, but there's also this theme of, oh, my gosh, my brother looks like a hero to my kids and I don't. Yeah, or uh, my my siblings' kids, technically. So he throws his fez in the ring, um, you know, and this starts a little confrontation. Bud Gleeful calls him a two-bit carnival barker. They start insulting each other. Um, but Stan asks the crowd, are we just going to let this guy win because he said he wanted to run? How about a real election? And that resonates. Yeah. Yeah, because we all know how well third-party candidates do in our elections. Well, at this time, there's only two candidates. Uh, I don't know if they have a party that they're running on, but... Uh, hey, a third, technically, in a way, a third party did win in this. So what? who am I to say? Well, Maybe and that's the thing, hope. too, because as, as soon as Stan says this, a bunch of other people throw hats in. Um, and only one of those really has implications, but... Uh, I, yeah, I don't know if maybe there was a primary that we missed and they cut out a lot of the other people, but uh, we ended up with three to four candidates, which we'll get to. One thing um, that I know for dang sure is that it's definitely not that easy to run for election. There are lots of bars in place so that poor people can't run. Even in Gravity Falls, we find out that there was a major bar. Uh, so Paperwork. <laughs> paper, paperwork is the bar. That <laughs> is probably the bar in many cases. Listen, it could get me under the right circumstances. Dude, I wouldn't um, fill it out. 
<laughs> Bug Lethal is bothered by Stan, clearly. Um, and says Stan just made a powerful enemy. When he wins, Stan won't like the gravity falls he wakes up in. And then cops fire a literal cannon inside the building. That's if that's not America, man, I don't know what is. That just that just rings true. Gosh. They, they take some jabs at America in this, by the way, everybody. If if you're not into that, this this episode's not for you. They do. Again, I was expecting more. I bet that they had more that they wanted to get in there and didn't make the edit. That's my feeling. I'm sure that that's true. I'm sure that they even self-regulated a little bit. Like, okay, guys, there's too many jokes that we could do for this. We need to chill the hell out. This is problematic. Uh, do you want to know a wild fact that I learned from the Gravity Falls wiki? Absolutely. Um, when this episode aired, uh, Alex Hirsch had made a uh, a Twitter account, uh, you know, stand for mayor. Uh, and I think um, it might have even said that, yes, we stand was the name of the account or whatever. And uh, this was back when, you know, sorry, people, I'm going to get like lightly political just for a second. But it's very important because uh, there's actual lore here. Um, the Stan account only followed one account, and that was Donald Trump. And the reason no was, way. The reason was at the time that he was a non-serious candidate, and it was supposed to be making fun of, oh, Stan is just like that, a non-serious candidate who obviously has no chance of winning. And uh wow. obviously history did not end up. <laughs> well, That's whether history serious. agreed with an audience, I'll let you decide. But Dude, the fact that literally the Illuminati sign is so flagrant in the show is going to make conspiracy theorists hearing that go absolutely bananas. I know it is. That is found... That's something else, man. That's that's another level. <laughs> yeah. And uh, side, sort of a side quest of that is that he also made a campaign video that included a song. And you can find that on the wiki if uh, anybody's interested in checking it he out. He made a campaign with yes. a song. Yeah, like a little campaign song. Uh, Did and you it watch was it? Unlisted, yeah, it's an unlisted video, but you can still find it if you click on the link from the wiki. So, oh my uh, god! That's so funny. Yeah, really good. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so Dipper and Mabel are skeptical about Stan running for mayor. You know, he's. A, I think Dipper says he's an old man, he's not getting any younger, and uh, he, I don't know who said that, actually. I don't think Dipper would have. Oh, no, that's his that's his own words. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, that's his own words. Yeah, Stan said that, and he feels like his brother is going to get famous through research. So what does he have to show for his life? Um, he wants Crooked Mayor on his tombstone instead of Crooked Grifter. And honestly, when I heard that line, I gotta be honest. I was like, you know, he fits the bill pretty well. <laughs> he does. Uh, in some ways, he's the perfect politician. Yeah, um, all he needs is someone else to write his speeches, and he's set. Then he can exactly. do however he wants, just like a real politician. <laughs> Dipper thinks Stan is not perfect for this. You know, I can tell because he's literally committing voter fraud right now, as we see a quick scene of him stuffing ballot boxes. Uh, but Bud Gleeful is up to something, so we have to stop him. And Mabel agrees with this. Uh, she thinks Stan has kind of a charisma. How hard could it be to get him elected? Now, I actually did agree with that. I was like, yo, honestly, Stan is probably one of the most standout people haha, in this whole town. Like, I, I I, truly was surprised that the angle that they went was that he's so bad at this. I'm like, wow, I thought people preferred to have criminals as their politicians in this country. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> this episode weirdly prophesies some things. And that's probably the most yeah. that I'm going to say about it. Uh <laughs> 
But we flash to the mystery shack where a campaign team has been assembled. Uh, it includes Wendy, Seuss, Waddles, Grenda, and Candy. Honestly, doesn't matter that much because this is like the only scene that they actually show up in. Yeah. Um, but Dipper tells them that Gravity Falls elections are based on two events. There's a Wednesday stump speech on an actual stump. And then there's the Friday debate where townsfolk throw birdseed at their favorite candidate, at which point a Freedom Eagle is released who will fly to the chosen candidate, bestow a birdly kiss, and announce them mayor. Uh, you know, just like democracy. I, I, I thought this was just a joke on how, like, there's just so many silly, frivolous traditions in our country in terms sure. of, like, elections and stuff, but it could have just been a weird thing, too. I don't really know. Yeah, it also speaks to just Gravity Falls as a town. You know, it's yeah. the type of town where something like that would be the case. Absolutely. Um, so the phone rings. Mabel asks Stan, are you ready for your first radio interview? Stan answers, and we see a bunch of townsfolk across Gravity Falls in different scenes, excitedly listening to the radio because they're just so excited about the politics and being able to elect their new mayor and just the thrill around that. How fun! Don't you love politics, Lou? Oh my god. People really do that. I'm not going to talk. I, everybody, I know everybody, some some people are into that. And I, though I don't get it, good for you, you know, get yeah. into, it's good to be into, if you're going to get into government, get into your local government, truly. I do think that that's probably a good thing. Yeah. I did think I, it was funny you. too that <laughs> they're using radio because it, it reminds me of like, not that I was alive for it, but when I was learning about it, FDR's fireside chats, which was when uh, media started getting so entangled with politics in the first place. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, and I, I I also feel like we get some of those themes here. It, in some ways, it's interesting because Gravity Falls is a city or a town where there has not been a mayor elected in a very, very, very long time. So in some ways, it feels like they are way farther back. Like this is earlier politics. Even, the, even through the radio interview, you know, yeah. you are sort of getting a flavor of like old, like small town America. Um, yeah, totally. the very first question that gets asked by the interviewer, Toby, is, hey, Stan, how do you feel about the American flag? And he, Can I just say, what a weird question, too. And that's what a question that I would not be surprised to see genuinely asked. Like, how do you feel about the American flag? It's like, you could really answer that however you want. That is just an opportunity to flub or just completely honey dick your audience you know what i mean <laughs> well it was 100 true because what they're going for is what words can you say that are going to be grander than your opponent yeah uh, that's literally what that is there is no i i'm i'm getting angry and criticizing as if that's a, like like a real radio person asked that but like you you would radio people you would yes tv newscasters whatever and uh Stan goes Take it or leave it. Too many stripes. Which actually I do think is uncharacteristic. Stan feels like the kind of person who maybe would put some value into that, honestly. And I think he just took the question very literally. Oh, the flag itself? Ugly. Yeah. Like, what? Like how does it look? And in yeah. all honesty, but can I just say that it was that's such more of a neutral opinion than anyone else would have given. Yeah, I kind of like it. I kind of like it too. I honestly, okay, if we're talking about the flag purely aesthetically, it's not that pretty. Like red, white, and blue are not a good color combination. Yeah, just, if we were if we were tier listing uh, countries' flags, just pure aesthetics. I feel like America might be like, I don't know. It depends on if you bring iconicism into it. I don't. But, I, I'm talking just purely on the art design. 
All right. So if we call the Americans flag a C tier flag, is that going to be? Uh, can we get canceled for that? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, they also ask, "What would you edu- or what would you do to educate our kids?" He says, "Put them on an island and make them fight for dominance." Uh, I think that's a little um, reference to Lord of the Flies. There. Well, yes, first of all, but in a weird way, I truthfully thought of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which I know you have not seen all the way through, and I don't want to spoil this for you, but I'm going to anyway because oh. there's a scene in it where the teacher of the two little uh, alchemist boys puts them on an island with no food or water to fend for themselves for several days pretty much exactly what not to compete for dominance though just to learn about how the circle of life works and how your role in the universe works and they have sort of a starvation experience that gives them this really amazing like uh like really holistic understanding where it teaches them their interconnectivity in the universe and everything that really matters in the grand scheme of things and that's what i thought of but you know that's just me you're really good at this. Okay, what about when he says, also, let's keep teach kids swears. Make that sound good, too. How are you supposed to know if something's bad if you don't know how, what, what it is? And Very why it good. is. Uh, no, teaching people swearing is actually... Okay, I know this is going to make it sound like I should be a politician, but those are all good ideas if you don't take them to the extreme. So, wait, wait, well, I want to keep going with this because... Oh, no. Last question that they ask. What would you do about crime in Gravity Falls? He starts to say crime in general or crimes committed by specifically me. Yeah, was about <laughs> to say me before he gets cut off because Dipper cuts the phone cord. Uh, make that sound good. What that we should abolish crime? No, like uh, he, do you? Well, okay. To be fair, I guess Stan didn't give an answer, so we can't prop that one up. But I was just going to say that your answers to that, the way that you elaborated on all of them, you might be the campaign manager that Grunkle Stan needs because Dipper and Mabel That's didn't want point. him like, they didn't want him to be himself. They just wanted to fabricate every answer. You could take his answers and turn them into something that people believe in. I mean, my answer for the crime thing is that the criminal justice system is absolutely ridiculous and is never a good idea no matter what the crime is. We need to completely reevaluate how crime is punished in our society if we want to have any remote idea of even thinking that putting somebody in jail makes sense. Not in terms of, like, morality, but just in terms of, like, yeah, that makes sense. We should put all of the criminals in a giant warehouse with each other and give take away all of their rights, even though, like, most of these laws are pretty sus in the first place. Yeah, that makes sense. A lot of my problems with that stem from uh, how easy it is for them to just completely get recycled back through. And, uh, you know, how they're almost incentivized to do that because they don't have rights after after they leave. But anyway, uh, this is a discussion for another time. Lou and I have, uh, you know, again, we're social science people. So this is the kind of uh, conversation that is right for us. And in my Um, younger days, I very much could have been part of that system. So I'm very passionate about it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'm thankful that you that you weren't and that we are here podcasting today bro me too <laughs> uh so stan's approval ratings were at zero now they're lower than that um wendy says that he's already made it to the memes uh and they literally show one that is like a parody of the lord of the rings meme it says one, one does, does not, not simply... simply i don't even know what, what he said with it but that was the meme teach kids swears which is not even a good meme, to be honest. Dude, that is an outdated... Oh, it is a good meme. I like that one. No, it's not because it's... <laughs> they use Grunkle Stan as the mascot of it, right? Yeah. But 
he's the one who wants to teach the kids swear. So he's not going to be the one saying one does not simply oh, teach kids true. swear. So they you're messed right. up the messaging. Oh, you're right. They confused the meme. Yeah, come on, people. God. Um, yeah, you know, it was the early days of memes. They were still learning. What's cut in some slack? It's all memes within the Gravity Falls town, so I uh, don't know uh, how many options they have to pick from. Uh, Mabel just says, hey, you need to learn to filter yourself a little bit. And Dipper's thinking, maybe you could just read our prepared remarks. But Stan says the only word, I only say words that come out of my brain. If my head says that baby's ugly, my mouth says, whoa, lady, you have got one ugly baby. I like how, how what comes of it out of his mouth is an even more exaggerated opinion than what he was thinking in the first place. <laughs> right, I was thinking the same. It was like even worse. Yeah. What he thought. I, I relate. I won't lie. It's fun to exaggerate. It makes people think you're passionate and fun. I guess that's true. Uh, Dipper vents to Ford about... Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I guess we're going to a new scene now. Uh, Dipper vents to Ford, which, as you might know, Lou, is Stan's brother, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, obviously. <laughs> uh, wow, I love how you... Uh, f*** you. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> uh, so Dipper is venting to Ford about how Stan will only speak his mind. Ford is like, oh, that is an emergency. And uh, That was a he, good line, too. He was like, if only there was a device to control somewhere, someone else. Ah, there is. Because, of course, he's made this invention. He is an inventor. Uh, he once designed a prototype... For what is, he says is Ronald Reagan's Masters. Oh, and I just got it. I just oh got it. Oh my god, you just, that was my favorite joke in the episode. I once designed a prototype for Ronald Reagan's Masters. Oh, <laughs> uh, because he wasn't a human being. He was a robot. Ah! <laughs> I was thinking that we're talking about some college degree. Like his master's degree. Oh my god. I love that you all got to experience me understanding that joke at the moment that I said it. Oh, God. That's as close to a reaction as you're going to get on this podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I don't know what anybody thinks of my political views, but I, I, I'm, 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 not, uh, I'm not partial. I'll, I'll take swings at any politician. I, I absolutely <laughs> detest the field in general. Yeah, that's true. It's, this episode was a, a big, uh, you know, as, as I'm talking through it, there were actually more funny political jokes than I even thought there were. Bro, that one was definitely the most pointed one, too. <laughs> that was good. So, basically, how this device works, it's a tie, and when you get someone to wear it, they turn into a literal talking head. They'll say anything that you want them to say or do, uh, as long as you are wearing the opposite tie. Uh, yeah. So, Dipper's like, this is amazing and ethically ambiguous. Uh yes. And Ford says, oh, yeah, use it responsibly and all that. We are actually seeing that Ford is not that much more responsible than Grunkle Stan is, if not worse, by the way. I could agree with that, actually. He's just very careless, you know? Like, what? What? I can't believe, like, in a way, I'm just like, dude, I can't believe you just handed him that. Like, yeah. Bro. No, not even <laughs> thinking about the implications whatsoever. Like, not even a little bit. Grunkle Stan is reckless, too, in his own way. Like, they're both reckless, I guess, in their own ways. Uh, but Stan, I feel like, has a little bit more care of, oh, I really don't want anything to happen to these kids, so I'm going to think that through a little. Um, I don't know. Even so, uh, Dipper and Mabel test the tie on Seuss. Uh, this is a wild scene to me, because it works. Mabel is making him dance, saying all of these funny dance lines, but... 
Seuss stops as soon as they stop doing anything with the tie. He looks absolutely traumatized. Absolutely terrified. Like, guys, you know, something really weird is happening. I, I think I need help. And they literally go right back into it. And then she starts doing it again and makes him dance even more. He's like, my life flashed before my eyes. There's such distress and absolute fear in his face. Yeah, they, they, they didn't hold back. They wanted you to think he was truly, absolutely horrified to the core from that experience. And I believe it. And I love it. It's great. And then off to the debate. Yes. Uh, off to we the see- debate. So we Tyler Cute Biker is a character I've referenced a couple times on this show. He's voiced by Will Forte from Saturday Night Live. Fun fact, oh, if you all didn't that. know that. I like Will um, Forte. And he's the guy who always says, get it, get it. He's running for office too. Uh, so it's, uh, oh yeah, that's right. So we see in this opening campaign, he's like, education, get it. Prosperity, get it. A yep. gravity falls we can be proud of get it honestly that's about as much quality and depth as you get from any speech that i've ever heard he's got a campaign slogan that's for sure he's not uh, dude he's got it he's got it he, he's getting it he's gonna get tiger. it <laughs> never mind uh stan starts with or meanwhile sorry uh stan doesn't like the tie uh at, like fashion wise but he agrees to wear it uh, and he gets, uh, yeah. called up to the stage. So yeah, that's right. This is stump Wednesday. This is when they're going up and they're just giving like a little speech. Did, sorry. Did you have something? What is stump Wednesday? It's so they stand on a stump and they read a speech. That's the, uh, implication. Oh, okay. That was just, I thought you were making a reference to a real thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. is that an actual thing? No. Uh, though, if that was a reference to something, I I guess it's always possible, but I still think it's just a weird Gravity Falls thing. Patrick Stump um, from Fallout Boy, obviously. Uh, clearly, that was the intention. Who yeah. was also uh, in Dead End Paranormal Park as a voice talent. Yes, uh, which was awesome. So Dipper and Mabel say, it's okay. We'll only step in if we have to. You know, maybe he'll give a perfectly fine speech. So Stan <laughs> starts with, do you ever feel like the woman at Gravity Falls wear too much makeup? God, so bad. So there's a lot of things I like about Stan in this episode, but like he loses points for these lines that he starts with. Uh, This is not the only bad one. Um, But I will say from a narrative writing perspective, this is a really uh, good one to write in for Mipple. Can't speak. Um, Mipple. (laughs) We haven't made that mistake yet. That was a good one. We haven't. Uh, Mabel and Dipper have to immediately be like, Oh no, like, go in there right now, right now. Oh, no. Yeah, no, like, no, tag him out, bad. tag him out. <laughs> we done here. Uh, and Mabel sort of steps in, saves him. Um, and, you know, I think he says something. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm the guy who accidentally let all those bees loose in that elementary school. Uh, and between the two of them, they're sort of able to skew it. And he's like, America, freedom, America, freedom. or America, America freedom. freedom. <laughs> and, and honestly... That like tell me tell me that wouldn't work. Well, it did in this case. Um, thanks yeah. to Dipper and Mabel, they knew what to say. Um, and uh, through them, Stan says, "If you want a candidate who will listen to you, that I'm all ears because he's got large ears." You and know, uh, I-, I gotta wonder. I I truly wonder if this episode might have pissed off some viewers for real. 
because there there's some pointed like when he says um, America freedom America freedom there's a group of like kind of rednecky looking guys in the audience that's like he's saying all the right things and I'm like that was pretty critical of a specific demographic of people you know what I mean maybe it depends I guess maybe there's a chance that some people who are in that demographic laugh because you know it, it's actually funny in that sense like okay sure. yeah it's kind of like that <laughs> i hope so could it be offensive i don't know maybe I, I, I don't know i don't know never know uh so i wasn't offended i thought it was funny <laughs> yeah as a west coaster yeah i thought it was great hey this is in oregon it is we are speaking about the show uh show settings like from the show setting yeah yeah, there, there's a huge demographic of uh, people like that in Oregon. True. I'll say somewhat neutrally. <laughs> the audience loves Grunkle Stan. They are applauding him. He can't believe it. He's thinking, wow, I guess just because I speak my mind, that's all it takes. Uh, so the reporter runs out, takes a picture, uh, and everything seems to be going great. We do get a montage. He's doing well. And it uh, seems like Stan is the front runner, Lou. Hooray! I guess. We're, we're all so happy. Uh, temporarily, of course, because we see Bud Gleeful. He is distressed, and he needs to speak with his campaign manager. And for the first time in season two, maybe at least in a major role, we see Gideon in jail. Yep. Uh so Bud is explaining that Stan's the front runner right now, calls it a minor setback. Obviously, Gideon does not like the sound of that. Um, he says he's having a rough time in jail. Uh, we do get a couple... Go ahead. I know what you're thinking. I was going to say, he's not even having that rough of a time in jail, considering what how horrible... How, they could have made some really nasty jokes for that. And instead, he's kind of taking over the prison. He's made a bunch of friends. And even his friends in the background who look like these really big, like, you know, really, like, aggressive men are like, hey, Gideon, you want to come to the, like, not t- friendship knot ceremony we're doing later tonight? And he's like, not now! I'm on a call! <laughs> I, I <laughs> did love that delightful. sequence. I did, too. Uh, I, th- I thought that was really sweet. So Gideon says, we are not going to let the Pines get their way again. Um, and Bud feels like, well, Stan's doing great in the polls. It's almost like magic. Speaking of magic, dun, Gideon dun. pulls dun dun dun. Uh, Gideon pulls out a torn page from Journal Two on possession. Is that in the uh, journal? Are we going to talk about that today? It is not because it's in Journal Two, but we will okay. talk about it as an entry to Journal Four, perhaps to bring it into it. the real world. I love it. Um, now, Bud does not like this, obviously, but it's too late. Uh, Gideon says his dad needs a more open mind, and he starts uh possessing him basically he possesses him through the camera nice and uh now basically gideon (laughs) in his father's body is the real one running for mayor so which is pretty funny because it actually does just straight up parallel what dipper and mabel do like they do acknowledge that but the fact that that's a thing i don't know dipper and mabel like i don't know you guys you know what i mean yeah uh it's it's messed up um, and uh, I'm excited to talk that through at the end too. So uh, Stan walks into town, and I will say this about 
Stan. We're in a new scene now. He's got new clothes. He's looking really confident. And the townsfolk are loving the confidence. And I think that that goes a genuinely long way. Like a big part of the reason that he is able to build momentum off of success is just because of the way he carries himself. I feel I like agree. that's a good life lesson. Just wanted I to agree. say that. I also love the music that they were playing when he was walking around. Like that 70s kind of like funk music. Really good. It was really good. So he goes to the diner. Everybody's chanting for him. Lazy Susan brings him pancakes. Uh, <laughs> and Stan is feeling like I could debate naked and still win, which is not Great far idea. off from something that a very real presidential candidate and maybe president said. Really? Yeah, but uh, maybe uh, everybody, I'm I'm uninformed in these things. I try to keep my mind pure of filth. Yeah, uh, and I will say that the stand quote predated the real quote. I think actually, yeah, I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure it did. Um, so Mabel and Dipper tell him, uh, you know, you should really wear your suit and tie, <laughs> and uh, he does not want to. He's like, ah, oh, I don't need that. Uh, he's just he's feeling himself. Is feeling his oats, as the kids say. Um, Do they say that? Is that also well, the lingo? I don't know if it came from the kids, but it is a real saying. Feeling your oats. I like it. So basically, Stan is starting to give attitude to Dipper and Mabel, and Dipper being his Dipper self just gets mad and bites right back at him and says, the only reason you're doing well in the polls is because of our words, uh, and admits that they controlled his mind, which obviously he does not take well. He obviously? Off. Okay, obviously, right? But low-key, I totally would have done the same thing. Be like, oh. you cocky you're not even smart. You know what I mean? Like, I totally would have done exactly what Dipper did. I would have just rage been like, bro, you don't know what you're doing. Stop pretending like you know what you're doing and listen to somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I would not have. I would have probably kept my cool. But I also want to believe that I would not have unethically mind controlled someone in the first place. So yeah. That's I would have never tried my hand in politics in the first place. That's another good point. Uh, so between the two of us, we would have never been in this situation. But true. Uh, Dipper and Mabel say they need a new candidate fast. Someone digestible. An empty piece of clay we can mold. Poor Seuss. Bro. He, he's... <sighs> do they even do anything with Seuss? I feel like he doesn't even end up having a speech or anything. Uh, that's a really good point. They literally just, like, bring him there so that they can be in the scene, almost. Yeah! Uh, because we flash to the debate at this point. The news uh, anchors are all there. The town is there. And um, it's Bud Gleeful, Stan, and Tyler Cute Biker, still a candidate, standing on the stage. And at that moment, they do bring Seuss up. And uh, I think part of the reason that they go with this choice is because Stan immediately sees Dipper and Mabel. He immediately realizes, wow, a betrayal. Like, I think it's for the emotional hit of... Dang, they not only do they not believe in me, but they feel strongly enough that they have to sabotage me. You're not sure. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that makes sense. Because you're right, Seuss doesn't really do much else. He is just there. I think, well, I guess it, the one thing that we get, the debate starts, um, you know, and Wendy's dad comes up, asks candidates for their opinion on axes or taxes as he corrects himself um and stan says oh they're the worst we should stimulate the economy by waging wars on other cities um 
But Seuss uh, gives an answer about... That's something that would easily, at least in the modern day, win half of the population's votes. I'm just saying. If it was was framed correctly, maybe. That's Um, literally how we actually have stimulated our economy historically so many times. That actually is so true. That is a real thing that people actually do. Yeah, wars have historically, in some cases, been good for the economy. Not that every might time. be happening right now. <laughs> right now is the time where I'm less sure about it, so I don't want to say that. But Yeah, that's because we're in the modern day. There's like three wars we're a part of that we could probably, maybe, maybe we're a part of to stimulate the economy. We're definitely making money from guns being sold to certain countries. Yeah, World, War, World War II <laughs> did famously stimulate the economy. Um, but uh, regardless, Seuss gives an answer about a kitten in every pot uh and that's the point where there's a little bit of seuss here because we see a tug where he starts talking as dipper and as mabel because they're putting they're like handing the tie back and forth they're arguing so you can just see (laughs) this guy on stage having an internal conflict like essentially talking to himself um so maybe it's a little bit also to just show that dipper and mabel aren't on the same page there i don't know i guess that's a very light plot I think that could just be a character thing too, because Dipper and Mabel are at odds a lot of the time when they're when they end up doing stuff. Just because like they they even if they agree, they have a different way of doing things. You feel me? Yeah, that's true. Um, Bud Gleeful uh, responds. Who? And let me uh, clarify. At this point, Bud Gleeful is Gideon. Uh, he says, "Hey, the candidates are dancing around the issues. Uh, I'll sing around them instead." And he sings a song. So the audience starts throwing birdseed in the bucket. <laughs> And by the way, let me remind everybody that birdseed is the mechanism of how a poly- or how a mayor is going to be chosen. Whoever gets the most birdseed that the eagle goes to to kiss. It's not about votes. It's not about votes. Um, what so- is this show? Like, I, I get it, <laughs> but <laughs> Dipper and Mabel can't figure out why is Bud Gleeful doing well all of a sudden, uh, and he walks out. Uh, to backstage and he's got a TV on his chest of Gideon uh, who is of course controlling Bud and Gideon points out oh you know you kids are controlling Stanford too uh, you're eviler than last time so let's talk about the the ethics of this because we sort of like glossed over it the first time um, what do you think of this? Um, you know actually I think that this brings up a good point in politics believe it or not like actually maybe even on the in 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 terms of empathizing with politicians right yeah if your competition is going to use it and you need to win then essentially it's well what else are you gonna do you know so can wait can i clarify are you making a point about brainwashing or are you just making a point of whatever you need to do to win you'll do it yeah pretty much Wait, so both? Well, this is the latter. Like, whatever okay. whatever you need to... Like, in terms of, like, underhanded tactics, evil, so to speak. Employing evil for good means, right? Okay, because sure. the difference here would be that they're saying they're employing evil for good means versus Gideon, who's employing evil for evil means. And right? do you think that's a fair point? Um, I mean, I don't know. I think it could be. Potentially. It's a tough one. I think... That is a tough one. I want to say, like, obviously we all want to say no, but like, I okay, so here's an example, right? Steroids in sports. Um, 
I oh. think it's like the top 10 world record. This was, I know this was when I was in high school. This might be an outdated statistic, but like the top 10, when I was in high school, the top 10 world record, like distance bike racing records were all with steroids, right? Yeah, and doping. at least in cross country, um, blood doping, which is like super difficult to prove if you're doing it. Blood doping is when you take blood out of your system uh, refrigerate it so that its oxygen levels rise and then put it back in yourself before, uh, an, an event. Right. Yep. Um, and it makes it a lot easier to win because you just have more oxygen to work with. Right. Um, and you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, just ban all of the thing, ban all these tactics for sports because there are some people that don't want to use it. But the thing is like, if every, if all of your competition is going to use it and you're simply going to lose, if you don't, I don't think it's bad for you to do it. I don't think that we should morally judge our athletes well, because they're doing what literally every what the, what the social standard has dictated is a, is needed to win. So you know I, I mean? think this is complicated, and you and I have talked about this before. I def I don't have the same uh, thoughts exactly. I think it depends on the stakes. I sort of understand it from this political perspective of, oh, they are trying to stop a literal evil child from taking over the town of Gravity Falls and potentially like killing everybody. Um, That's sports, a good point. it's about money at the end of the day. So I feel like That's it true. is fair for sporting events to set parameters, regardless of what those parameters are, that keep the sport within what the expectation is. Now, if they were going to set parameters that said this is not cheating, that's one thing. But for as long as those rules exist, I don't personally uh, agree with players taking advantage of the system. I understand if they see other people doing it, but in theory, those people should get caught if the organization is setting up the parameters in a proper way. Well, but um, if they, I mean, they, but but they don't. That's why that's the stand. That's why it, well, we're not talking about what ifs here. We're talking about reality, right? They did eventually, though. Remember, because that's how we knew that the top ten were all guilty of it, based on the biking record. Sure, but that that's assuming that not the next 20 all were too, and they just didn't get caught. Uh, I see your point. Um, like if the but... whole if everyone in the top 10 did it, what's to make you think that number 11 is suddenly innocent? Sure, but I still feel the same way about it where if people want to cheat for money, then again, there's a strong chance they'll get caught, lose the reputation. There's a lot of risks that they're taking that make it not worth the risk in my opinion but then what's um, the point of what's so then why do we ban it in the first place that's what we got to ask ourselves right uh i would say depending on what it is it could be largely for health reasons like steroids aren't really good for people to take most of the time okay um good point so, right yeah not this is a problem with the capitalist nature this, this is the thing it always comes down to the money right yeah like, the problem is that we are training our top-tier athletes to physically abuse themselves in order to be the best. And even if you take drugs out of the picture, they're still physically abusing themselves to be the best. Like, Usain Bolt is not healthy. Pushing your body that hard and that far that constantly is simply not good for you. You know what I okay, mean? Okay, I think that's a reasonable point. But I still think that adding that into the equation is something that... It's it's no longer a point where you know there's no way that enough people are going to agree to that where they're just all going to suddenly start doing it. Um, 
it's it, it raises like honestly i think it would make the sport more unfair because there's going to be too much variance between who decides to cheat and who doesn't and then it essentially takes out the like i say if people are going to cheat at least make it difficult on them at least make it to where they have to take that risk that they have to know that they might get publicly shamed for it that they Isn't might that unfair to everybody who doesn't cheat because they have no shot well, I think that if you're introducing a rule that basically you are challenging people to do something unhealthy to their bodies. And I get your point where, uh, sure, when you're pushing yourself to that level, it's already unhealthy to your body. But taking drugs yeah. to do it is still like it's an extra step. But I think that having the ban on that is not a bad thing. Blood doping isn't taking drugs. Blood doping is just reoxygenating your blood system. That's why it's so common. People okay, really I guess have that's... a problem doing it. That's fair. I guess that uh, at some point, like we conflated the steroid part of this in baseball is kind of what I was thinking of versus blood doping and cycling. They are different things. Um, I mean, my and, whole I point, mean, like, let's say you don't do it, right? You can yes. still be a minor league baseball player, right? Sure. You're not, you're allowed, you're allowed to not be the best in the world. But if we're going to have a system where we are like, oh yeah, we want to pay people to destroy themselves be the best i want to see toxic levels of competitive com competitiveness in this country let just let it be full out <laughs> hmm. i i can understand the case there but right now in baseball which is a sport i love um steroids are not in the picture nearly as much as they were for a certain era um, i would want to know i would want to ask people who actually do the sport if that's true because when i i ran across country in college and found out that blood doping was like so common that if you don't do it, there's pretty much no point in you trying to be a professional. Yeah, which probably is going to be easier to get away with in high school, too. Because um, there's not going to be as many drug tests. I'm not, I, well, I, was, I said college, but I, I, people didn't do it in high school. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. <laughs> people, do, people do it for, like, world records, you know? Uh, yeah, I see the, the point. I mean... It, it's a tricky one. Like, I understand what you're saying, but I still think that asking people that you have to, maybe blood doping is a little bit different, but to do something to your body that is, uh, you know, essentially unnatural. Um, oh, you know, don't give me the naturalism fallacy. Come on. Well, it's, it, all I'm saying is you're going to not be, not everyone's going to buy into that and it's going to inherently change the sport. You know, it's going to change. It's going to stop a lot of people who would have been able to get there, you know, doing it without that stuff from getting there. And I, th I don't feel great about that. You know? I would rather just tell people the reality up front is what I'm saying, because that's going to happen. To I'm saying is that's happening anyway. They, yeah. it's, it's people are going to train their whole lives and invest their sense of self-worth in, in being the best and then realize everyone at the top is cheating. And then they'll be like, wow, I just spent 10 years of my life training for something that now I don't want to be a part of versus you can just know before you do all that, that, okay, I'll have to blood dope or do steroids when I get to that level. And I should know that ahead of time, you know, mm, man. I, yeah, it's still not something that I'm exactly on the same page with you on, but I think it's a really interesting discussion. I'm interested. I don't know. As long as we're paying our athletes millions of dollars, it's going to happen. Yeah. But then you're even further incentivizing tons of people who might not even make it to just like, take steroids and i don't know about that either like because the stakes of millions of dollars are a lot at least right now what you have to do is like a lot of you know i'd say you have to work harder for it 
than if you introduce things like blood doping or steroids. And, Dude, uh, no, no way. That, that I completely disagree, man. Taking a drug does not make you a superhuman. You still have to train your ass off. That's true. Like, I, I think you it's would. not... I, I gotta be honest, I don't even think it's fair that people who were blood doping and stuff got their stuff taken away, because, like, I could tell you, I was in cross-country, I could have blood doped, and I promise you I would have not won races still, because those people were simply better than me. Yeah, I, I understand that, too. Um, it's still something that... It, I, I will also say this. I am not familiar with all of the consequences from like a health perspective of any of those things. So I think to not factor that in, it's not something I, you know, I wouldn't be comfortable leaping to any conclusions without better understanding how those mechanisms work. Um, but, but now we've it, had a conversation about it. So everyone has a lot of food for thought. They do have a lot of food for thought. So uh, it, it's an interesting topic. Um but yes, for as long as the rules are there, I'm strongly against people just so, uh, abusing just, any systems in sports. Just so everybody knows, this is not me trying to absolutely def uh, defend like cheating and drug use in sports. It's trying to say that we should not be monetizing things like this and that our whole system of capitalism is broken. That's always what my point is. Yeah, well, I, I, I see that that's true. Um, but at the end of the day, we're going to be monetizing it more if those things are normalized. If we say, yes, it's part of the sport. You know, you're monetizing. I, well, sport, sure, but I mean, you're just, sure. But what what it, what monetizing it to that level does is pretty much say, you should definitely do this, but we'll be really mad at you if you do. Well, that's all. <laughs> that's already that, the case in a way. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's problematic. Either, you know, make it so that our goal isn't just being super rich and redistribute the wealth so that our entire system of the economy is completely different. Or just be honest with people and be like, yeah, like sports are literally entertainment at the cost of human life. I think it's just much easier to enforce drug tests. And it's just, just a not ban, dude. No, it's not. It, it's especially not for blood doping. It's just easier to let people do what they want to do. I mean, if it's, we're talking pure ease, you just don't have <laughs> having no rules is the having no rules is do. more easy. Yes, okay, <laughs> I I see the point there, but I you know I think that just enforcing the rules that are already there is a much less sticky situation. And you know the rules are there. It's everybody knows what they are. So just introduce mechanisms to follow them. Um, and if you're going to change it, then that's one thing, but the rules that's, should be there. I mean, I, that's, I don't know, man. There's a lot of, I mean, the rules are there and the enforcements are kind of there, but they are yeah, and again, all the time. If my peers are following the rules, then I have a responsibility to follow the rules myself. Uh, that's and if they're not have. following the rules, because you're talking about your peers, not the rule setters, right? Well, sure. <laughs> but the and point that your... I'm making is there's a lot of people that are not cheating, tons of people that are not cheating. And, you know, if they're not cheating, then anybody who decides to is sort of holding up a middle finger to them. And uh, I don't know. I think we'd have to look at like, at you know, the best of the best and who's actually cheating to really know. Uh, you know? Yeah, th that may be the case. I mean, there's cheating in all sports. There's cheating in video games. You know, there's cheating oh, in yeah. pickleball. People find ways to try to get an advantage. And then when those ways are found out, then mechanisms are addressed to try to stop people from cheating or they decide, okay, that's part of the game now. Um, yeah. And that's I'm, fine. Drug I'm use isn't drug use isn't banned in the esports that I follow um, because most competitors have an opinion that it doesn't even help you in the first place. Yeah, which, that's interesting. But again, that's kind of more what I'm saying. Like, I think it, that if, if you're good, 
there's like if if you're if you're good in your training mm-hmm. drugs shouldn't give you that much of an edge anyway you know maybe the difference between like first and second uh a placement or two but not yeah it shouldn't it shouldn't change the game for you you know yeah i mean that may or may not be the case uh i guess it probably is very dependent on what the sport is or what the esport is um but anyway i think we spent a lot of time on that one so we'll probably get back to the episode that was a good rant i like that everybody um, let us know in the discord what you think about this topic yes so gideon's there little uh conversation about uh was this ethical was it not um and basically at this moment bud or gideon grab dipper and mabel take him up an elevator to this big mountain that's being constructed of the mayor former mayor and tie them to literal dynamite looney tunes style yeah uh gideon says that he'll spare mabel if he agrees to be her, uh, to be his and uh that's gross so she rejects um when the weird, mountains con- weird time oh. for a pass yeah very weird Just time <laughs> uh when the mountains construction is complete it will activate the dynamite uh Meanwhile, Stan is debating and calling the Statue of Liberty the hottest landmark. Which, again, he just can't stop himself. Now, if we're um, talking about real debates, fam, that yeah. one is the one that get the most heated, am I right? The audience is booing him, he's doing bad, and he's realizing his kids were kind of right. Uh, which, again, questionable. I don't know if you're right to mind control Stan here. Um, well, I think he means more that they were right, that he should have listened to them and and not been bullish on like his tactics and was, you know, he should have, he should have been more of a politician to be a politician. Yeah, that is true. Um, so the kids back up in the mountain, uh, are able to like sit on the chair that they're tied to and sort of like push it forward to get themselves out of the nostril that's been built in this mayor structure. Uh, yeah, it was good. And they're tied to a rope. So now they're just hanging there. Stan uh, sees it and he tells everybody, sorry, everyone, the debate's over. I have to save my family. And he rips off his sleeves and just goes into epic Stan mode for like the second or third time in the series. And I I really love this. I also really, really, really love this scene. Mostly because politicians, we all just want to see you actually be good people. Is it really that hard for us to ask? you know what i mean like just save people stop god damn it we come on (laughs) yeah and i i love that part of it too that at the end of the day he's just doing the right thing at that moment it doesn't become about what he's saying it's just about what he's doing actions speak louder than words yeah um and it works because he saves the kids um and when he walks out the crowd cheers and he immediately is the front runner again um it also doesn't help that Gideon gets ready to activate the dynamite anyway. Um, and does, in fact, blow up the mountain. I I couldn't even tell if the town even realized what was happening there, but it ended up being kind of irrelevant, other than the mountain now just had, like, half of a face. Uh, so Stan said, basically... Um, Oh, I guess I, I did sort of yada yada the fact that he saved the kids. But if the the point is that the uh, bird seed, it, oh, that's right. He lands in all the bird seed and the eagle comes up and kisses him um, when he saves the kids. And uh, that makes him mayor, kind of. Because um, even though the crowd is chanting, 
for him and there's fireworks in the back, we immediately flash forward to a television that says Stanford Pines loses. So even though he got 95% of the vote, he was disqualified because of his criminal record to tie it right back into crime. Which is so unrealistic. <laughs> Couldn't be. And no, not that there were crimes, but that he would get disqualified for them. <laughs> All right, yeah. I'm done. That's my last one for the episode. <laughs> cool. Uh, one of the crimes was first degree llamicide. And I think Stan says pretty funny. that llama had it coming or something. Oh, I actually wrote down all the ones that they put on the TV. Oh, good. Because I was going to refer to somewhere, but I forgot to. So uh, please read away. Or I wrote the funny ones. Impersonating a dentist. General indecency, which I'm pretty sure they switched from just indecent exposure or indecency, which is a reference to indecent exposure. Yeah. Uh, golf cart theft, which I think we actually saw. I think that was a reference to him actually stealing a golf cart in the show. Um, bingo fraud. And this is the last one. Telling jokes that just go on and on. I mean, we have things to do today, really. Which... <laughs> I think was the writers. Uh, I think that one was the writers. Lou, let me ask you. If everybody's cheating at bingo, does that change the quality of the sport? If everybody's cheating, then nobody's cheating. Yeah, that's that's a problem with bingo. Uh, (laughs) So uh, that's pretty much it. I oh, oh, wait, he did say something really terrible. There was a joke at the end. Because he says, I'm glad they didn't show all the bad ones uh, for oh, the good. TV. But then he says, so I got a lot of cheap pugs and I need to move them in fast. Implying that he's like, oh, that's right. Dog fighting or dog racing. Again, yeah. point against Grunkle Stan. So bad, even though it was passed off for a joke. Oh my God, that was dog fighting. I didn't even put that one together. Jesus. It took me a second. Uh, all, right, all right, I'll give you that. That one's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Uh, I can't believe I got him there, actually. Um, so he he's feeling like he got close to the dream, but Mabel knitted him a little thing that says, our hero. And he, I, I don't know if he affit, like actually teared up, but it looks like his face gave that impression. It, cl- it clearly touched his heart. That's cute. I think that's and a good ending. He feels better, he says. Uh, oh, let's go, mayor. Let's go vandalize the mayor's mansion. Vandalism! Yeah! Oh, yeah, because the one thing that I didn't say... Tyler Cute Biker is the new mayor of Gravity Falls. Oh yeah, that's right. He won. There's Which really I cute... actually unironically think is probably a good choice. You know? Yeah, I think my favorite part of it is just the the sequence that they show is he just goes, got it, you know, instead of get it. Oh, yeah. So cute. That was pretty good. So the final weird. scene is end credits and Gideon is sort of pouting in the jail cell. But uh, it's actually Ghost Eyes happens to be the name of his buddy in jail because this character really does have like ghostly eyes. Um, and he's, you know, he's big tough guys like, sorry, your election thing didn't work out, but we're going to throw a riot tonight. Does someone want to throw a riot? Kidian says, sorry, Ghost Eyes, I'm just not in the mood. But in his cell, a poster is the only thing keeping him going. Uh, this poster says... Hold on to that branch or die, cat. But behind it is a chalk drawing that he completes of Bill Cipher. So it turns out the real thing keeping him going is not the poster itself, but this chalk drawing. And we see sort of a glow as Bill Cipher 
presumably ends up in the jail cell. And Gideon says, I'm finally ready to make a deal. Dun, dun, dun. I'm so right. So I think, and I might be wrong because I was wrong last time. Now we're finally getting across the hump into a uh, really uh, big plot point. I think this is it. I think this is when the story truly begins. I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. Yeah, I think they needed this episode because we needed to make sure that Gideon's involvement was clear. Um, But, you know, admittedly, the episode felt a little formulaic up until that point. And I'm glad that we're here, though. I'm excited for next time. No real insights from Journal 3 this week. Um, Oh, shoot. Really? Yeah, because... uh, the Ford wasn't really part of this episode and he currently has the journal. Uh, the one entry that Gideon talked about was from journal two possessing. Um, Oh, speaking of possessing, that was what we were going to talk about for journal four. Um, this is different. We talked about mind control in music back in season one, but this is like actual possession. Yeah. So I, I got the vibe earlier that you had some stuff to say about that. Oh, I got something to say about all these little metaphysical things. Cool. Um, I will say, though, possession is not one that, um, like, I I sometimes cite one of those classes I took in college where I I learned about real examples of stuff like this in different cultures and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't remember possession being one of them. I remember voodoo being one of them and having real uh, stipulations. But let me let me first clarify. Do we mean ghostly possession of like another thing possessing a human like some creepy exorcist stuff or are we talking like people possessing other people to make money oh not that more more exorcism type stuff okay if we're going exorcism i feel like it's on the table i feel like it could be a thing uh okay please talk through it Wait, so well, I don't to, wait, to be fair, though, hold on. Exorcism is removing a spirit from a body. So yeah. that's so I guess just to clarify, we're talking about, sure, I guess exorcism could be a thing. It would go hand in hand, but yeah. more so could the possession even happen in the first place in order to be exercised? Yeah. And I mean, look, there are examples of exorcisms having been done. A lot of times exorcisms that are done aren't actually for possessions, though. They're just for, like, spirit stuff. You know, like, uh, like, like curses. There's other kinds of exorcism that are other than just strictly getting a possessed thing out of you. And there's also yeah. theoretically different levels of possession, like... There's like, I have no sense of will. My consciousness is gone possession. And then there's, there's a demon that's inside of me and it's been messing with my life and behavior levels of possession, but I still feel like myself. Um, okay. And there's I think like both a of spectrum. Those, no, both of those are on the table. I think uh, in terms of what you're thinking, do, do you feel like one is especially more likely than the other? Um, I mean, I feel like if any of it could happen, I don't see what, I don't see what the limits could be in my limited perspective. Um, let's, okay, so we talked about ghosts, right? Yeah. If there is a world, which I think there is, where, uh, there could be, you know, beings far outside of our understanding on another dimension of existence that potentially parallels or is right underneath ours or whatever, then 
I don't see why there's not a chance that some of those beings with a certain amount of abilities given to them at their birth, whatever their natural circumstances are, could puppet our bodies the way that our consciousness is sort of puppeting it in the first place. Okay. Uh, I think by that logic, that makes some sense. Um, it's another one of those things where if that something like that were real, it would more just be that the science hasn't discovered it yet. Oh, totally. Um, and we do see examples in history where people believe that an exorcism has taken place. Um, it's hard because they're very anecdotal. I don't know how much true scientific research has been done on those people in the first place. Same. Um, you don't know how much of it could be like, there's placebo stuff at work. It could be like, you know, sort of uh, how we talked about, it's quite possible for people being able to be talked into themselves being cursed and believe it so strongly that they feel actual physical symptoms. Could there yeah. be something like that at play? Um, this is a, uh, this is a tough one for me because we're already having to assume things about otherworldly beings in the first place. I think uh, yeah. I, cause unless you're assuming that somehow a person could take control of another person's bot, like physical body. And that's a really big leap. I mean, well, if you study Aleister Crowley, you might be a little concerned and surprised about what kind of stuff people have researched and thought about. Yeah. I don't Then again, maybe it's less of a leap than saying that otherworldly beings could do it. Cause even if they're real in the first place, who's to say they could take over a body. Um, like, so to me, honestly, the amount of things that would have to be true in order for this to happen makes it a pretty low one from my personal perspective. Really? Uh, I wouldn't say it's a little, I, I think for a person to do it, you'd have to have a really amazingly clear. So without going into detail, I once experienced merging consciousness with a human being. Don't ask about it. Um, and from that experience, I learned firsthand that you can at least leave your own body and potentially inhabit someone else's. Um, so with that in mind, there's a chance that somebody could control that theoretically, very theoretically. Um, the circumstances that I experienced it under were not very controllable or controlled in any way. But, yeah. you know, if it's possible on that level, I don't see why somebody couldn't make a whole flow state out of it. That's interesting. So some long-term science. Scientists get to work on this. Yeah. They actually, actually, maybe don't, now that I think about it. I mean, I I'd be how... interested. I'd be interested in the concept as long as it stayed in the right hands. Ah, information uh, right. is information. It's always going to end up in the wrong hands. It's never going to be suppressed. You saying that at least brought me up from a two to a three. But uh, what do you think? Um, I think it's a nine for me. Whoa. Okay. I think it's very possible to be honest. I, I really do. Oh, something I forgot to ask. Mystery plaque points. What characters are getting your points this oh, week? Oh, that's right. Um, might be a little silly. Um, I'm giving one point to Seuss because I feel bad for him. Yeah. <laughs> because he went through some today and it was not chill. Um, and then number two, um, everybody kind of does nefarious things in this one. So like, I don't really know how to feel, but at the end of the day, I do give it to Grunkle Stan. Um, he tried. Yeah. He he saved his kids. He did the thing that matters. And I like the idea that no matter... I like the idea that crooked people can still, like, do the right thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I, I appreciate that. Um, that's that's why I gave one to Stan because he was the character of the episode, all things considered. He did have that awesome moment. I think uh, some of the lines were just too problematic for me to justify the full two points for myself. But I guess if yeah. you're thinking strictly narratively, it makes sense. Um, I gave my two points to Tyler Cute Biker because you know what? He we let me let me tell you this. We I, got all of this. I, I wish I had this, thought of doing that, honestly. All the buildup that we got of this character is only one thing. He says, get it. And we've been building up to this for literally a season and a half. And his his arc is leading up to him becoming mayor and saying, got it? He's got no points to the entirety of the show yet. And I believe that he is the perfect choice to get both points from me in this episode. Two points to Tyler. I, you know what? You could you can you could take my my points from Stan and give them to Tyler. You got me. Ah, I love it. I you agree. Okay, and then one for Stan. Then? Still one for Seuss. No, still one for Seuss. I, I okay. Seuss Seuss was beat up today, man. He deserves something. <laughs> You're right. I thought about that. I really considered giving Seuss. I, I didn't want to give anything to Dipper and Mabel because I don't really think they did anything to justify it. No, Their characters didn't. weren't all that funny in this episode, and they were pretty manipulative. Yeah, um, they were bad. They they were so, not good people today. Honestly, yeah. I feel like I'm mean, granted their kids. Yeah, they're kids. They're exploring morality. I can cut them some slack, but I'm not going to give them my points for it. No worries. Well, we have explored the gambit of conversation today. Uh, oh my could, gosh. Would not have expected this episode to be one of our longer ones, but here we are. Here we um, are. Ciphers. I almost forgot. Uh, <laughs> again, with all the things we've talked about. Um, one of the cryptograms, it just translates to get em. Good. Uh, fun fact, in order to solve that cipher, you would have needed to find one of the Gravity Falls Gossiper newspapers that got flashed to during the episode that had the code of which you had to use to decipher it. Oh um, my god, they were not- I, I feel like people started getting too good at these in the late seasons, and they're like, yo, we need to amp this up a little bit. Like, let's throw in really some good. hard stuff. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then the very last one of the episode was, be wary of whom you belittle. Big problems can start out whittle. They love saying I like little that. with a W. They do. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Uh, I'm thinking next time we might bring Phil Cipher into the equation. I could be totally wrong, but I think the next episode's a big one. We'll see. It has to be. They can't keep teasing us forever. We only have like six episodes left, and four right. of them are the finale. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, dude. Uh, I will see you next time then. Hell yeah, man. Peace. Bye. Peace, everyone. What was, what's I, our outro? I said it as if we were ending our personal phone call. Yeah, I know. But we're gonna. Is... Uh, yeah, actually. Um. Oh, I didn't even. Yeah, I guess I didn't read the credits or anything. Bro, we are all over. Everybody, we had we had too much philosophy today. Now we don't know where we're at. <laughs> Podcast is brought to you by the Brazilian Dragon Podcast Network, which has many other rewatches of shows and movies on the Brazilian Dragon feed and the Dragon Babies feed, where you can find this podcast. You can find more of Lou and I by watching Desert Bros Cartoon Theater on YouTube. You can follow us on social media by clicking the links in the description. Also in the description is the link to the JBCT Discord, where you can chat, share notes with other people about these Gravity Bros podcasts and anything else about animation. Also, please feel free to leave five star iTunes reviews, which will help new listeners find our show. Thanks to Tesla. Scarborough for the cover art. We will see you all next week. Happy sleuthing. That was at regular speed. Sorry, two times listeners. Bye. <laughs>